have such sights to show you. Popping a scary horror podcast here. I'm your host Cole, and with me, as always, I have my good friend and co-host Aaron. Hi. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? I just lost a pint of blood. Ooh, very nice, very nice. <laughs> Losing points before we grab a point. Yeah, before we grab a point and watch this movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to need something harder. I I have a feeling, anyhow. I think we're going to need something harder before mm. we watch a uh, Rosemary's Baby because yeah. this is another film that uh, kind of for me joins the ranks of the extra on films that I'm a little trepidatious getting ready to watch there mm -hmm. uh, due to the subject matter and everything. I only know a brief synopsis of it, so I'll keep it uh, minimal since you don't really have any idea about this film. Yeah. But basically, this is a film that um, is definitely present in the horror community regarded as um, one of the top films in the horror genre there. Mm. So uh, definitely a little bit of a buildup for me uh, heading into it. But aside from that... Don't know too much. Going to keep it on the DL, you know what I mean, fam? And uh, I'll ask you uh, again, Aaron, uh, any uh, idea about Rosemary's Baby or anything like that at all whatsoever? No, this is one of those films where like I've heard mentioned a lot, but not like specifics. Or if I have heard specifics, I can't remember any of them. So, But yeah, it's always been in that context of like... Yeah, this is a great horror film, and also this is like a difficult one to watch, maybe. So mm -hmm. we'll we'll find out. Yeah, it's one of those things that um I don't know. Like I love the mo I love watching movies in general there, and I feel like I try to be open to as many films as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. However, whenever it gets to films that are hard to watch and stuff, it's like um. I'm a little more reserved whenever it comes to watching those films because, mm -hmm. again, I mostly use it as a way to escape, you know, view art or just be entertained, you know, mm -hmm. kind of both camps there. And whenever it comes to stuff that just kind of uh, uh, makes it hard to sit through there, uh, it's very different for me depending on the film. Uh, sometimes the films are like, oh, man, that was rough, but, you know, had a lot of good uh, cinematography and stuff other times it's just like pure torture for me yeah. stuff that i'm like get me out of here i just want to chunk this movie into the flaming bright sun basically <laughs> so uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to uh try to be ready both uh well, really just mentally, physically, all I had to do was sit there. Yeah, I'm strapping myself in. Yeah, absolutely. We're just grabbing our seatbelts. So uh, everybody stay buckled in because uh -huh. <laughs> we'll be right back after we watch uh, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think... Babies. <laughs> Baby on board. <laughs> hey, hey, what are you doing Friday night? Friday night? Nothing. Now. <laughs> okay, you want to come with me and see the baby? Oh, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to see the baby. And we are back from watching uh, Rosemary's uh, Baby. Rosemary's precious little baby infant child. Yes, little bundle of joy. Little joy, joy's bundle. Yes, exactly. Um, So, Aaron, um, I, I haven't talked to you since we stopped the film, but how you feeling, boss? Uh, yeah, that was a journey. Yeah, it was a slow burn mysterious what's going on what's going on and who's involved kind of film 
Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Um, it's definitely a slow burn, and by slow, I do mean uh, slow. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily bad, no, no, no. but with a runtime of 137 minutes, you feel every minute passing by, which that I think is... is true. I, I find it to be both good and okay. I think that's the way I would describe mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, as, mm-hmm. is the fact that I think it's definitely good that you're feeling like the burn slowly going by. And surprisingly, it keeps a fairly even burn. I never feel like it just immediately jumps the shark pacing-wise. Oh, yeah. So it was definitely uh, a very slow descent, mm-hmm. I would definitely say there. But overall, um, for being a little trepidatious, knowing what I knew about it there, I am pleasantly surprised I am not traumatized more. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'd say the same. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot going in. I just knew that there were some difficult-to-watch moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, you know, I don't think it was any more difficult than something like the, the Witch or, uh, you know... Exorcist or something like that. I would agree with that. I, I think it's... three of the Sopranos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we just finished that season. Oh, some difficult I'm, to watch scenes there. Man, I'm I'm trying to catch up. I'm still in season one. Oh, yeah, I, I know, but you're gabagool, gabagool. You know what I'm saying? Do you like it? <laughs> the <good>. Mario Kart. <laughs> um, so we're gonna stop the Soprano talk there and keep yeah. talking about Rosemary's Baby. And uh, I guess a good place to start is talking about the story. So the story is based off of the uh, novel, and it pretty much tells a story about a uh, Rosemary and her husband uh, moving into this uh, new apartment, uh, which I believe is in New York, right? Yeah, Manhattan. Around, yeah. Yes, around that area there. And so uh, pretty much it's one of those things where um, they're living together in the apartment and they encounter uh, some neighbors there. Some quirky old neighbors. Yes, uh, quirky neighbors there. And as uh, they get to know them more and more, and uh, Rosemary tries to plan her life, uh, which includes having a kiddo. Yeah. I know, major spoiler alert. <laughs> there is a baby. Um, but, Rosemary baby. Um, lots of things uh, start happening there and spiral downwards um, mm. as the plot progresses. So I think that's the best I could describe there. There's definitely an incident that kind of happens towards surprisingly not as early as i was expecting because i knew about the incident that occurred there mm-hmm. but whenever the incident does occur uh it's definitely another uh plot point that uh rosemary has to struggle and deal with as yeah, well absolutely mm-hmm. and much of this film sort of focuses on her life planning particularly her journey through pregnancy and mm-hmm. it's a difficult pregnancy in some weird ways um and that's where a lot of the slow burn kind of comes from is because you're kind of feeling all nine months of the pregnancy as she goes through this stage, you know. But it's uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, and the thing I can commend about it is obviously it's a long film, mm-hmm. and maybe if it was short enough, it wouldn't feel this way. But in comparison to say something like The Exorcist, which also is. Uh, kind of a slow burn, kind of not with some of the shocking moments there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it does a really good job just keeping an even pace and just, I never felt like once things like sped up and I'm just like, you know, okay, now we're here or whatever. Right. right. Um, it was, yeah, I feel like it's a slow pace, but it's a good pace. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good example of, you don't have to be this and this and this and this to have a well-paced film. 
Um, this is very slow, but yeah. it's, it's important things are happening. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really easing you into it and giving you little hints and things to think about and mysteries. You know, all that's packed in there just in a very sort of mundane, mm-hmm. here's the life of a housewife kind of way. Yeah, I, I definitely think, especially with a lot of the stuff the film sets out to do there, I feel like in order not to make it jarring or anything like that, you have to kind of take this pace here. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like I said, literally, I just imagined kind of like how you burn paper and how it kind of slowly simmers down. That's the exact pacing of the film, which isn't bad, but there's definitely a lot of moments where I would sometimes kind of zone out of the film there a little bit Mm -hmm. and then bring myself back in because it's one of those things that you're just kind of sitting there with Rosemary going through the exact same motions as uh, she is, which is a lot. She Mm -hmm. goes through a lot, uh, emotionally throughout this entire film there, but at the same point, I feel like this is also something you can't just speed up willy-nilly there. Right. So I think overall, I mean, story-wise, I was pretty happy. Only some of the issues I have is maybe sometimes the characterization of the characters. But I feel like that's really kind of more so nitpicking there mm. on some of them, which I'm sure we could talk about. Um, honestly, probably the best uh, actor, or should I say actress, uh, in this entire film is uh, Rosemary, mm-hmm. uh, played by uh, Mia, Mia Farrow. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's a reason she's the leading lady. She does a good job, has a lot to do on her plate mm-hmm. whenever it comes to her character. And it's really great seeing her kind of... Um, being able to display these emotions because, you know, towards the beginning of the film, she's like super bubbly, happy, you know, a little bit extroverted there, you know, uh, going around. But as a lot of stuff tends to build on her emotionally, she Mm -hmm. has to change gears. And as uh, questions start popping up and everything, um, she has to kind of figure it out emotionally there. So she... She had a large order, and she just did perfect. I feel like she just did an excellent, perfect job there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely surprised that uh, whenever it comes to uh, leading women in horror, she's not brought up a little bit more than others. But Aaron, mm-hmm. how are your thoughts about her performance as Rosemary? Oh, she did great, and she she had a lot. Yeah, you, like you mentioned, a lot on her plate to do, not just emotionally, but physically too. I mean, she goes through kind of all the stages of pregnancy. She's like really thin tired at one point she's like you know she's got to do a little bit of running and various physical condition i mean she's got to do it all um so i mean just really impressive um performance i think from mia farrow Mm -hmm. yes i i would agree um moving on to the uh i guess um the leading guy i guess i would say yes guy yes whose name is guy yes his (laughs) god it was he was trying to make a joke but i just set it up um yes um the character guy woodhouse uh, played by uh john cassavette mm-hmm. um is playing her husband and i feel like he does a pretty good job at the beginning just being the more kind of like low-key sort of like you know uh yeah you know it's fine, whatever. It's like even whenever they're looking at the apartment, he's like, hmm, nah, like not too impressed. He's like, whatever. Mm. And, you know, he's working as an actor um, and he's tried making it big, but just is struggling because, you know, 
working as an actor be like that Eat hard yeah mm-hmm, yeah and so uh pretty much he's trying to get a lot of work but isn't working and even whenever they go meet the neighbors he's like yeah, i don't want to meet any neighbors you know mm-hmm. just a bunch of old people whatever um and i feel like he does a really good job at the beginning just being very low-key down low but i think with what the script requires him to do is something that i feel like isn't too much i guess the fault of the actor as it is kind of like the way the script is written because i feel like in the one way he starts changing as the film progresses as well there Mm -hmm. however there's just some points where you believe his mentality and enthusiasm there Mm -hmm. and then other times it's like okay it's either like you know super over the top delusional sort of uh thing and maybe they were going for that like maybe they were going for the more abstract kind of performance there Mm -hmm. but for me it just kind of pulled it out because maybe the only way i could see it is due to like rosemary's condition there that everything's getting heightened there Mm -hmm. so like her husband seeming like he's okay even though she is definitely not okay Mm -hmm. um working through so I'm a little mixed on his performance overall. I still give it a pretty good passing grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there were some moments that I'm just like, hmm. I will say, like I said, I think he's best whenever he's more subtle mm-hmm. with stuff than at whenever he's like blatantly spelling it out there. Yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I feel like he does have some some underplayed sort of elements he has to do as an actor because he's you know yeah he does go through those changes he has to be sort of charming but also you know a lot of his difficulty and the difficulty in their relationship or whatever early on is that he's focused too much on work you know and then he's got to mm-hmm. sort of shift gears from that to being sort of you know and uh, he's he's the father of this baby but like he's got this little mystery question mark is he doing enough for her to the audience you know is he helping out with this pregnancy is he dismissing her or is he just have his head elsewhere is it rosemary that's kind of being a little crazy about the what what's going on you know Mm -hmm. yeah and you know and we could talk probably about it more in spoilers it's kind of hard i mean people usually know kind of like the general idea of rosemary's baby however we're just trying to keep it as light as possible Mm -hmm. whenever it comes to it especially since uh the pregnancy is kind of like the main point of the plot but as the pregnancy continues he just continues to be dismissive and everything and it's one of those things that um with the way the i thought the plot was going i thought the plot was going to be something more open-ended towards the end where you never Mm. got an answer which uh i thought was uh it it just kind of was sitting with me weirdly being like are we actually going to get an answer to this or Mm -hmm. is it one of those like you gotta interpret it there uh moving on and so um we'll talk about it more in spoilers there but that's just definitely a bullet point to uh keep in check there um let's talk about the neighbors there one of which is uh Minnie uh, Castavet, played by Ruth Gordon. Mm-hmm. and um, She's a funny old lady. Yeah, funny old lady there. Um, I feel like definitely she does like the like nonchalant, like once you get to that old age, oh, you're like... Oh, how you doing? How's your dog? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that She does that perfectly there. <laughs> I will say there's definitely some points that she's presented there that she just responds the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things that I'm like, 
is it just nonchalant to the point of like she's older she's like hey forget about it is it something different there mm-hmm. um definitely had me questioning like the performance that she gave there but i mean whenever it comes to just being like uh Oh, I just brought over this uh, smoothie here. It's real good for you. Mm-hmm. Too good for the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, does perfectly. Yeah. Does super duper perfectly. Um, but there is a lot of stuff I feel like. I don't know. I'm so mixed on how I feel about her kind of keeping that exact same tone throughout the entire film. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm I, a little mixed, but at the same point, if she had like a sudden character shift there, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been good she's got sort of a part to play even Mm -hmm. in the part she's playing as the neighbor she has to be the sort of friendly neighbor and put on that front so i feel like even her actress was putting on that like Mm -hmm. oh hi hello uh, i'm so friendly neighbor you know even though she's kind of uh and even early on in the film they talk about just how like nosy and you know kind of Mm -hmm. obnoxious she is but she's like trying to hide her being nosy and obnoxious by you know being like oh hey brought over a quiche you know yeah. <laughs> so Doing... i feel like i feel like it's kind of it, it is a little bit of a performance it's um mm-hmm. but you know i feel like that's that is kind of the point of her character she's like hi i'm so friendly and rosemary's like stop being friendly <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is definitely true um and then there's also her husband uh roman castavet played mm-hmm. by sydney blackmer who again it's like a good foil he's like just the relaxed like oh i've been everywhere here and there mm. you name it i've been there All over the world yeah. you know just like sort of like rich upper class dude mm-hmm. kind of like easy go going you know smoking like cigars mm-hmm. and stuff like that and i feel like overall he also does a uh, pretty good job as well whenever it comes to it uh, I would definitely say he also does a pretty strong performance, yeah. uh, but I feel like he also has a bigger part to play whenever it comes to the interactions and everything there. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, yeah, he's he's definitely got the vibe of like the old man with a million stories, and like mm-hmm. if you really listen to him, they're kind of interesting. But also, he won't shut the fuck up about them. Um, but I feel like, uh, he, he did a fairly good job. Uh, you don't, I, I feel like you see him selectively, which I think is good on the film there. Mm-hmm. I feel like having just many show up constantly makes sense for the character. Cause again, she's nosy and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, her and Rosemary are kind of like home all the time. Cause this is, this is the sixties baby. They're housewives, you know, and the husbands are out of work and they come back and yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And there is other slew of characters uh, that you do meet. However, their involvement is kind of more so uh, mitigated there. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any standout performances that you wanted to mention about whenever it came to characters? Characters that stood out? I mean, th- those four are definitely the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. There's a few supporting characters that are worth just mentioning, I guess. Hutch is, is her author friend that comes in and plays um you know an important role um there's the girl they meet at the beginning that's under the care of the neighbors that's kind of how they get introduced Mm -hmm. and that kind of sets up an interesting weird little mystery thing um the her her doctors both of them Mm -hmm. dr hill and dr whatever the other guy Uh, saperstein saperstein yeah they both sort of play interesting roles um Mm -hmm. but yeah none of them are as as important toward or dominating mm-hmm. of any one aspect of the movie than, yeah. than those four. But. Yeah, it's one of those weird things that I don't want to dismiss them, but at the same time, it's like one of those things that I'm like, 
there's not too much to go off of. Again, mm-hmm. I feel like um, Hutch, played by Maurice Evans, does a good job there, oh, and yeah. it it it. I think his involvement is super important to the plot because he's kind of the one person who really starts to kind of really be concerned and cared about mm-hmm. uh, Rosemary's uh, health during this pregnancy there because, yeah. you know, uh, Guy, her husband, is being, like, dismissive throughout the entire thing. Right. And so it's kind of nice to see that it's not, like, everybody against her sort of thing there. And there's even, like, a party they have later on with uh, their younger friends who are super mm-hmm. supportive of it. And I feel like those moments are super important and I feel like well placed there. Yeah. Uh, especially Hutch because not only is it there for like emotional support, but it does add more to the plot due to incidents that happen. So I think like his involvement was necessary and very needed there, especially whenever it comes to delivering some exposition. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of this movie's mm-hmm. tension comes from like a cabin fever stockholm syndrome kind of thing where Mm -hmm. she's kind of locked in this world with just her neighbors and her husband and so people characters like hutch are like a great touchstone Mm -hmm. to the outside world where sometimes they're like is something going on and she's like oh is there you Mm -hmm. know yeah and i feel like um the um gals she meets in the laundromat in the basement there Mm -hmm. uh terry um or, as it says in the credits, it looks like uh, Angela Dor- Dorian, mm. uh, played by Victoria Vetri, um, pretty much, again, is just kind of seen as like, oh, yeah, they're going to start connecting, you know, and just really start talking, you know, because that's just sort of the beginning, like being welcomed into the community there, which, again, uh, for how brief it is, I feel like it's very important to, like, have something like that. Yeah. Uh, especially because, again, her placement there is not only good on an emotional level, but as well as a storytelling yeah. thing and kind of building, like, the whole world they're currently living in there. Um, and then, of course, uh, both the doctors, um, Dr. Hill, um, who is a doctor that is seen at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. um, I feel like he's... He, I mean, he's a doctor, just regular doctor person. Right. You do encounter him later in the film there, uh, but talking about the incident, obviously there's a lot of spoiler plot points that ends up yeah. popping here, here, there, so we'll probably talk about him later, but uh, Charles Grodin, who played him, I mean, I felt he played him straight, like zero issues, but not a lot to comment on. Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. normal doctor guy playing Doctor Man mm-hmm. on TV. Uh, and then Dr. Saperstein, played by um, Ralph uh, Bellamine, uh, he surprisingly was pretty good as a doctor and mm-hmm. I believed him as a doctor that would yeah. act this way. Cause he's very dismissive about like other doctors is like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they think they should do this or you need to stop reading those pregnancy books. You know, they're just filled with trash basically. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sad because I can relate because it sounds like something exactly a doctor would say mm-hmm. nowadays there. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. definitely got that like, um, they kind of introduce him before you even see him as this guy that, oh, he was on this television program. Like, he's kind of like this high-class celebrity doctor. Um, and, like, every time somebody mentions him, they go, oh, I know him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, when he gets there, he's just very self-important and like, oh, don't don't listen to other women. No two pregnancies are the same. Yes. <laughs> don't read the books. Don't take pills. You know, have this special shake, you know? Yeah, that, that, was, <laughs> that was it to a T there, basically. So, um, I would definitely say that... Um, He's also good to kind of add, like, another foil against Rosemary as she starts growing more and more concerned mm-hmm. as she continues on through her pregnancy. 
And like we mentioned, there's several other characters, uh, but to talk about each and every one of them, right. it's just kind of like they're basically background characters that are helping move the plot forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, there wasn't any that were noteworthy bad, so that's pretty good. True. <laughs> pretty good there. Um, and one thing I do want to compliment is uh, the music that plays. I feel like mm-hmm. the music is played selectively, and uh, it's not just like ambient noise there. Mm-hmm. It's just like a weird melody i would say uh which it was composed by uh, christopher uh cometa or as um his home name is a uh, christoph cometa oh. um and i thought the soundtrack was great although i will say at the very beginning they play this music that's like very happy and there's bright pink letters that mm-hmm. just saying like rosemary's baby and for how I knew what was going to happen and the disturbing <laughs> stuff you see, I was just like, this is so jarring and disturbing to see. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, because mm-hmm. the beginning of the film, there's nothing wrong, baby. They're moving to Manhattan. This is all fun mm-hmm. games. You know? um, but I feel like overall, music, uh, pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. good. There's like a lot of stuff that I'm like, I really like what they're doing with the music here. And it's helping establishing the tone and everything. Yeah. Um, and whenever it comes to the cinematography itself, uh, there's definitely a lot of shots that were uh, pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say that there was like any that you, well, I don't know. I'd probably take that back. There was a few shots that I'm like, man, that's a really good way uh, they framed that shot there mm-hmm. and everything else. But I mean, overall, though, I felt like it never distracted me with the cinematography. I felt like yeah. I was just immersed. Right. I don't think mm-hmm. they were trying to get too fancy with it, but it was mm-hmm. definitely, they did a great job of, like, you don't notice the camera. You know, it's you're, you're just in there. You're in that mm-hmm. world. But... Yeah. Um, it's really hard to talk about this film without talking about major stuff that happens. Because there's right. stuff that happened in this film that even I didn't know about. I don't even want to talk about the hints because this movie is such, like, a slow burn, subtle thing that if mm-hmm. even pointing out the hints might give away what the end is. Yes, that, that's the exact problem. I am walking on a very, very thin line mm-hmm. there, and I'm not trying to spoil nothing. So this might be one of those things where we're immediately kind of jumping to the halfway point there. Mm-hmm. Um I will say one thing, whenever it comes to a horror, you're definitely right, Aaron, that I'm surprised that it was not more horrific than what it was. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there's a lot of, uh, there's a few horrific scenes there mm-hmm. for sure, but especially with how slow of a burn and slow of a pace this film is, I was always like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Like kind of, you know, like I'm going through like a, you know, a haunted house or something, think it's something's going to pop around the corner or whatever. Right. And so, um with this film uh, i would agree with aaron's beginning uh, statement and the fact that i feel like something like the witch was a little bit more disturbing not mm-hmm. to say there isn't some scenes like i said i would probably say there's two yeah yeah, yeah at yeah. least one possibly two yes. or three yeah. yes depending on it there but um if you're kind of like me and you were definitely kind of hesitant to watch that uh, depending on how traumatized you would get mm-hmm. and we'll kind of talk about um some of the stuff that happens later in the scenes um i would definitely say don't be quite as trepidatious about it as i was yeah. granted there's definitely uh some hard moments to watch, True. I would say. True. Uh, but I feel like whenever it comes to those hard moments, it was done tastefully. Yeah, I, yeah, I f- they didn't, they they didn't 
show directly too much. Yes, and I didn't feel like they tried to relish in the moment. No, yeah. I felt like whenever it came to tackling these uh, topics and situations there, they did it respectfully there, which I'm sure especially because it was 1960 whenever this right. film came out, right. they, it could have possibly just been that they were not allowed which to is, go crazy with it. It's a funny timeline because I think that's the same year. This is a Roman Polanski film. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure that's the same year that his wife pregnant wife sharon tate was murdered <laughs> wow i did not know by that the Manson family. <laughs> well then so. uh that's roman polanski is interesting yes uh um, whenever we started watching the pink credits float up i was like oh roman polanski that guy's a pedophile <laughs> i i had not heard and uh, i had to recheck the facts because i was like didn't he like rape a 14 year old and so i had I, right before this i had to look up i was like roman Polanski. he was charged with drugging and raping a 13 year old girl wow and then they like did a plea deal and so he like didn't have to go to prison but then this judge was like um no that's bullshit you're going to prison for that and he was like okay see ya and so now he can't leave france because he will be arrested <laughs> lovely <laughs> well then um i think it's one of those things of trying to separate the art from the artist there right. so it's really yeah. really funny that all these not not in like a haha -ha way but in like a huh way that like um yeah yes some of these some um, of these things play into his filmmaking career. yes uh clearly 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 and um it's one of those things that um, don't support the dude there, but at least he uh, directed a overall pretty good film. <laughs> uh, without getting too much into spoilers there. <laughs> yeah. It was a good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, just w weird coincidence that uh, mm. Sharon Tate, pregnant woman, was... I mean, not, not that, you know... It's, yeah. just, it's just like a weird... Yes, weird. <laughs> that, is, that is the best way to describe it there. Uh, but yes, do be wary that there is a couple of scenes uh, whenever it comes to... Uh, sexual violence, I would true, say. True. Um, I'm going to try to keep around it lightly. And just some uh, just really dark uh, undertones there. So um, definitely be ready for that. Uh, again, I will mention, fortunately, they don't relish too much in the act, no. I would say there. They do have to set up the scene and everything else. But I feel like overall, when it came to it, uh, I was prepared for much worse. Sure. Um, so with that being said, I feel like I'm going to spoil something, uh, here, uh, Aaron, yeah. talk about your rating. Right. Um, it's always awkward when you have to give a rating without being able to really dig into the details, you know, there's been a few, mm -hmm. few films like that. It's like hard to really justify mm -hmm. why I'm rating it, what I'm rating it. But yes. I thought this was an extremely well-made movie, um, yeah, it's always a good marker when a movie can be both slow, but, like, keep your attention the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, not action-packed by any means, but um, it doesn't need to be. My, my score, I'd give it, like, a, this is, like, a, this is, like, a nine. This is, like, Ooh. a high nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very well made. I thought it was well acted. I thought the score was great. I thought the pacing was, was you know, well-paced to spark being slow. Um... Yeah, Josh, gosh, I can't really give away a whole lot, but I just say, you know, like, the way that it sprinkles in hints and details and things is not in your face. It's not, oh, look at this Scooby-Doo box that was colored differently than the <laughs> background, you know? Like, oh, that's the door that's going to open. Mm -hmm. No, it's really, it gives you all these little details in ways that make sense and ways that are interesting. You're looking at this sort of life of a woman in Manhattan, but it's, um, you know, it's eerie and it's 
mysterious and you as the viewer get to just sit back and see like that's kind of fucked up that's kind of fucked up but like not enough to be like oh this person's the bad guy or this person's doing this you know um so i i just thought it was extremely well made um yeah interested to hear your thoughts on those little details and also the ending because as we kind of mentioned it it does it doesn't leave you questioning too much at the end it kind of spells it out so what that what that means for all those hints that laid in the road ahead and how that all piles together i'm excited to talk about in spoilers so join us there if you dare um but (laughs) that was good that was that was slick that was real (laughs) slick (laughs) um i'm pretty much on the same boat as you are whenever it comes to radiant i went into this film kind of a little trepidatious for multiple reasons obviously Mm -hmm. due to the content but as well as the fact of i try not to hype a film too much ahead of time there because i feel Mm -hmm. like it tends to dampen the overall experience i have but um yes i see exactly uh why uh, my friend uh rated it a uh, 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. i totally see exactly where he's coming from however i don't believe i'm there anyhow i don't believe so anyways it might be one of those films like maybe the shining or even american psycho where with each subsequent rewatch there it Mm -hmm. just kind of just sweetens with each rewatch and kind of rewards me Mm because i know i rated american psycho fairly low but like it's just one of those films uh just like the shining where it just resonates in the back of my mind mm-hmm. and i think about scenes and i think that's, that's just that's signs of a movie. really good movie yeah that's the only movie on this podcast i've given a 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. if yeah. I recall. I yes love yes and and the only one i've given a 10 is the shining mm-hmm. so far there there's definitely bits of close yeah. ones yep yeah. definitely close uh with this film as i mentioned it's not a 10 at least not yet like i said american psycho i think I think I rated it an 8.5, and mm-hmm. I think it's definitely up to a 9, just thinking about it as time has passed on. I need to rewatch it and confirm. Mm-hmm. But that being said, Rosemary's Baby, for me, gets a very strong 8.5. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that it's just a film that um, it feels super long to me. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's right. definitely not bad, but... As opposed to something like um, The Shining, which is also a very long film, mm-hmm. I, that it just feels like a whole experience to go through. This just feels like a very immersive descent, I would mm. say. Not to say The Shining isn't a descent, because boy howdy is it there. True. But um, I feel like there was just like a couple of more hiccups I had more issues with. Again, kind of whenever it comes to performances outside of Mia Sparrow, who again, I feel like did flawlessly i feel like she was great and perfect there um it's just and again wouldn't have any other way she needs to be the strongest actor in the film (laughs) um i feel like there's just other stuff there i will say if the film had ended more ambiguously i don't know what it is about those endings it's just one of those things like I get it, mm-hmm. but at the same point, like only so few films do it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like just an, it's sort of like a, it can be a cop out uh, if it doesn't succeed there. And fortunately, this film um, just kind of buckles down. They're like, okay, we know the destination yeah. we're going for, and yeah. so I think I have nothing but mad kudos that they stuck to it there. So definitely needs to be a film to watch there. Uh, I will say when it comes to the content, I might've been more disturbed with uh, some stuff that happens in the exorcist there. Mm. 
maybe, but it's about like on par, I would say, on shock value. Uh, there, yeah, except I, I for that I, one scene in I, The Exorcist I, I with the cross. <laughs> yeah, I definitely left The Exorcist more disturbed than I think I would oh, yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This one's, yeah, just kind of displayed the content in a more, you know, braced the audience a little bit more, I think. But. Yes, exactly. So um, definitely glad I finally got around to uh, watching it there, but I'm also very curious to kind of dive in. So now's your chance in case you don't want to get spoiled about it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the film. So Aaron, please, I know you, there's a lot of bullet points you want to hit. I'll <laughs> let you cherry pick the first one. The first one? Um, oh man, should we start at the end or the beginning? I, that is a great question, because I think <laughs> we're both thinking of the two satanic incidents <laughs> uh, there. Um, I would definitely say... Yeah, let, well, let's just set the scene. Yeah, the, yeah. the first big spoiler yeah. that we've had to dance around this whole time. The act of sexual violence. Um, yeah, she gets drugged by her husband and raped by Satan um to have a little satan baby so that's mm -hmm. the kind of the spoiler that that is influences the whole movie once you know what it's going on is that mm -hmm. she has a little satan baby in her belly for these nine months and that's why it's a complicated pregnancy and the <laughs> fact that her husband's trying to hide the fact that um yeah the, their witchcraft neighbors did a a wee bit of ripen, um, so that you can have the the son of Satan. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that I feel like I knew about the uh, sexual assault scene, and mm. that was the thing that again I have seen it in films, and it just it's hard to sit through. And I get it's it, I understand. Yeah. But whenever it came to this, while I was definitely disturbed mm -hmm. by it, they did it like take as. As tastefully as you could have Satan sexually assaulting a woman can be. Well, I think a lot of it was, yeah, it was definitely subdued by the fact that she was, like, drugged. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it's from her perspective. So you're just getting little glimpses here and there and, and mm -hmm. spliced with things that aren't actually happening while things actually are happening. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. And you kind of get the, you even kind of see some of the details later sneak back in of what she's remembering when she enters that hallway again at the film. Because there's like a scene, because she's, she eats, she eats this moose that they give her and that, that has a funny aftertaste because they're drugging her so they can do this thing. But she only eats a couple bites when she's supposed to eat the whole thing mm -hmm. and pretends to eat the whole thing, you know, and throws the rest away. And, uh, yeah, so she's, like, awake during this thing she's not supposed to be awake in, so she's, like, in and out of consciousness mm -hmm. and, like, hallucinating. But, yeah, I thought it was really interesting. Like, one of the hallucination things she has is there's just this church that's on fire, and it just flashes for a few seconds or something. And then later at the end of the movie, you see her walking through the hallway, and there's a painting of that church on fire. And she's like, hmm, you know? <laughs> and she's it's starting to, like, click mm -hmm. together for her. But... Yeah, it was... It was, I mean, don't get me wrong, even though I was able to handle it okay, there's still a lot of stuff, like, especially because she is in that hallucinatory state there, because she's being drugged, basically, where you see this furry, scaly creature just laying on top yeah. of her there, and she's trying to talk to what I assume is the Pope? Yeah. Because they were talking about the Pope, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that, and so... It's definitely weird to see her just kind of be nonchalantly talking to a pope mm -hmm. while uh, Satan is lying on top of you. Mm. Uh, it, it was definitely one of those things that if I thought about it, it was definitely like, okay, this is I'm I'm getting super deep in the weeds <laughs> emotionally. There need to 
um, just stop what's going on there. Um, but like I said, I was prepared for way worse, but the whole scene, I mean, it's definitely a satanic ritual scene there. True. Um, and it's so like, it's so disturbing to talk about, you know, cause the whole thing is like, has everybody in the room nude there, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, again, that's what the occult i guess and then like <laughs> whenever they're tying her people. legs down to the bend they're like oh we're just trying to keep you from spasming mm-hmm. there and not actually what it's for it even talking about it it's like one of those things that watching it and understanding it but having to describe it is just yeah. like it's making me go like okay mm-hmm. mm, <laughs> and like her husband's there and he's naked too and he's like she'll she mm-hmm. okay or something and they're like i think she's awake and they're like no she can't be awake if she ate that whole thing you know yeah then, uh well, the, like, the one thing i was curious about is the hallucinatory um images like her at the ocean and she's on like this boating trip and everything there mm-hmm. were you able to correlate uh what that was I don't remember all the things she sees because mm-hmm. they just kind of flashed things in and out. Mm-hmm. Like, I know there's, like, a scene where she's walking and then there's just this, like, mattress in the middle of the floor illuminated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is it? And I was like, that must have been, like, real. But then, yeah, and she's, like, talking to the Pope or at the ocean or seeing those things. Um, the, this, mm-hmm. It's definitely one of those things I'd have to, like, rewatch, knowing what I know now. And be I, like, okay, is I, this? Yeah. Which, surprisingly, I don't feel like Rosemary's Baby in comparison to other films that rewards rewatches there, like mm-hmm. something like The Shining or American Psycho. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's not quite as many scenes there, which, um, again, I have so? zero... I don't know. There's I mean, so much that like no, I, I, I mean, I mean like obscure stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Obscure stuff. I'm, whenever it comes to talking about like hints mm-hmm. and stuff like that, uh, it's not so much that as it is like the abstract. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, shit. no, because they is... definitely lace a lot of breadcrumbs for oh, um, yeah. uh, Rosemary to pick up. So I apologize for the misconstruction mm-hmm. there. Uh, I was talking more of the abstract, like, you know, why is she at the ocean talking to these people saying, yeah. why can't he come on? I'm talking about the artistic abstract stuff, mm-hmm. not the actual, like, hints they weave into the narrative uh, right. so effortlessly. So, my apologies. No, you <laughs> yeah, can't. you're about to be like, you mean to tell me you didn't? <laughs> you mean to tell me you didn't pick up any hints? <laughs> what? <laughs> the baby is Satan's kid? <laughs> Holy guacamole. <laughs> yeah, no. I must have missed something. <laughs> Man, I was I was zonked out of my mind, bro. Um, I was on that chocolate mousse shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, no, uh, but I just meant artistically yeah. there. Like, because, I mean, there's some stuff like, yes, like the chamber and stuff, like how it looks. Totally makes sense. I mostly am talking about, like, the illusions of, like, the water and floating and being mm-hmm. with the other women in like bikinis talking to that one dude, that sort of stuff there. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are quite, there's a few like, yeah, weird dream sequences like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have to go back and see if they mean anything. I don't, yeah. I don't like remember exactly what they are. Yeah. And it's just, 
And um, there's just a lot of stuff that's just very uncomfortable, even before that scene, because whenever she does meet uh, that one gal in a laundromat, mm-hmm. it's like moments later where basically it's there's the a crime scene, scene mm-hmm. and uh, it shows that she jumped out the window mm-hmm. there and like blood is splattered everywhere. And her role is just to show the good luck charm, be like, oh, yeah, they gave me this good luck charm. It smells weird, but, you know, never hurts to wear it, huh? Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. It's. Yeah, I feel like it definitely just adds that question mark over the neighbors immediately. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because cause you already kind of suspicious of this place because the uh, the real estate dude that or the landlord or whatever that's showing them this place is is talking about how there's some shit here. And then they, I guess, she talks to Hutch later or somebody, and they're like, "Isn't that the place where they like ate babies in the basement?" <laughs> like, and they had the family of witches. And so you start to uncover that there's something mm-hmm. weird about this place. But you don't know, like, yet exactly where to point the weirdness at. And then, you know, whenever she's talking about how much she loves these neighbors that she's moved in with. And she has this funny-smelling good luck charm. And then the next time she's dead, it's like, okay, well, those neighbors are suspicious. <laughs> yeah. And that that's kind of, like, what possibly causes a bit of a problem for me. Is whenever mm-hmm. Minnie comes up and says, like, no, she can't be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then happy. And then is so nonchalant seeing of her dead body with her skull crushed mm-hmm. there. And she's like, ah, such a shame. Like it's mm-hmm. just, I got drawn out of the film and I'm like, okay, I need to know, was this purposefully done to where she is so nonchalant <laughs> there? Or is it just the one note kind of, she's just so like, weird and old and obviously you find uh-huh. out later they're witches and probably is the one that mm-hmm. killed them but like you know i just feel yeah. like because her husband has the opposite reaction where he's not necessarily disgusted but he's like oh yeah no she killed herself and, there's, and the mm-hmm. wife's like no there's no way she was so happy and mm-hmm. yeah and so that was like another hint as well of like are these secretly antagonist? Mm-hmm. That was my thing there as well. But then I felt like it's too obvious. Like, right. I don't think the yeah. point is for the audience to be confused as to who who's the antagonist. Mm-hmm. It's the, the audience is confused as to like exactly what they're doing, you know? And then mm-hmm. also a lot of the tensions caused by like, you know they're doing something fucked up, but you know rosemary doesn't necessarily know that so you're mm-hmm. that's a lot of the ten- and then you kind of know pretty early on the husband's part of it and you're and the doctor must mm-hmm. be part of it and it's just rosemary that's putting these pieces together while you're kind of nervously following along like a mm-hmm. baby in a kitchen full of knives or something like okay you're, you're kind of like no no all the baby mm-hmm. figures out what's what's good and bad yeah it was it was definitely uh jarring um I do, and you brought up a good point. Whenever they're walking through the apartment there, um, I do like, you know, how they make the point about, like, why is the dresser in front of the closet there? Mm -hmm. But they also don't, like, heavily focus on it. Like, she's obsessed with the closet. She's, like, she... I feel like all of the actions Rosemary does throughout the film make sense. Now, Mm -hmm. whether they're, like, good decisions, bad decisions, to be determined but they're understandable decisions right. there like i know like whenever she gets rid of the charm there i'm surprised that she didn't like maybe investigate it but again i think she's in a very distressed state there and just does just doesn't want to deal with it so she's like get rid of it i don't mm-hmm. want this anymore so and uh, so i i really like how her decisions are super believable like mm-hmm. i believed every decision she made is something that a person would do in this situation yeah of a same mind anyhow um 
And so... It's, yeah, it's really yeah. just that, mm-hmm. like, she's making normal mm-hmm. decisions and she's just constantly yeah. being gaslit or misled by her husband or her neighbors mm-hmm. or her doctor or whatever. Yeah. So she's like, isn't this, like, this is weird, I should see another doctor. And her husband's like, no, 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 you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's, and she's like, you know, am I, I'm having pain, isn't this weird? And her doctor's like, no, 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 it'll go away in a couple days, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so every, every turn she's like, she's a sane, rational person. She's just being influenced by this echo chamber of nut jobs that want to, you know, have her baby be Satan. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and one of the other character changes, I would say that this is kind of what I have the issue with, with guys performance there mm-hmm. is um, after the assault scene happens and, you know, uh, she wakes up and, you know, has scratch marks on the side there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously before anything's confirmed. Because, like, obviously, at this point, you could say that the drugs were actual hallucinations. Like, none of that actually happened or whatever. Right. Um, but whenever it comes to him as a character, he turns out to be a bigger uh, piece of rat <laughs> than I expected. But I just, I never picked up a sense that he was actually that awful at the beginning. I only got, like, sense yeah. of, like, eh, I don't know. Well, it's because yeah. he's acting, you know. I feel like <laughs> oh, no. he's an actor. <laughs> he did a good job of pretending to be a caring mm-hmm. husband. But really, he was he was focused on his career, and he mm-hmm. thought so little of his wife that he was like, yeah, your first baby could be Satan. It's like the same thing as if you had a miscarriage or something, right? Oh, you know? <laughs> gosh, yeah. It's, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, like sort I, of things. I, I feel um, like he did believe that he was you know a good husband he's doing this so i can have a good career and then i can have a good family and you can have your mm-hmm. herb garden and you know in the beverly hills or whatever yeah um, he's just so much of a mm-hmm. you know self-centered uh, you know uh, chauvinistic piece of shit yes <laughs> i i, I <laughs> yeah. you hit it right on the head literal just which again i don't feel like it's bad writing i feel like he's no. purposely supposed to be written like that it's just and it's also the I 60s feel like, i mean yeah a lot, there's a yes lot of, he could be a, I'm, you know, he could be beating his wife. That'd be pretty normal for the season. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it was just definitely a shocking turn, like all right. of a sudden, because like as soon as they go over, uh, to the neighbor's house, there, you know, they're like drinking, smoking there. He's just like pretty much infatuated, loves them mm-hmm. there. But like the the first hint that I knew that this was really bad was the fact that whenever uh she looks at the claw marks, he already has the answer like, oh, trim my nails this morning, you know, take mm-hmm. care of it, and then it's just like. Uh, I figured you wouldn't mind if we did it there. She's like, uh, I, I was unconscious there. He's like, ah, what's the difference? I'm like, and he's you know, like, I was drinking too. Uh, you know? Yeah, and then he's like, you know, it's like something like necrophiliac. It was interesting, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, yeah, yeah, literally. She, she even has a. She even says she's like, I had a dream where I was raped. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like. <laughs> yeah just doing that there which i mean obviously looking at it now makes sense but it's just at the time you're like what the heck sort of yeah. uh going through there and again it's like going through the motions and again like how he constantly wants to hang out with the neighbors and i i joked with aaron i said the real reason this is a horror movie for me is because uh her spouse is constantly inviting annoying neighbors over 24 <laughs> seven and they're awful. inviting other people to their house, which they don't want. I'm like, that's mm. a real horror film. Yeah. That is a major horror film right there. I don't care what nobody says. This is a real horror that needs to have it. Unwelcome uh, neighbors. Yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously also looking back, it makes sense. I mean, it just all, 
Makes sense. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. there, um, and whenever it comes to the, um, it, I'm trying to remember, whenever it came to him specifically wanting to have the kiddo on a, a certain day, mm-hmm. uh, it was June 26, right? I think so. I'm trying to think. Was that, at, and it's the year 66? Are they just trying to have uh, it on 666? 666, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I could probably see that anyhow. Um, mm. Makes sense. Uh, Satan baby and everything. But it just hit me just now thinking about it that I'm like, it turned, the year was 66 and oh no. no oh no. <laughs> um, But yeah, and that's, again, just another kind of thing. Because like the thing I find interesting is the fact that going along, it doesn't confirm, like, you know, it's not completely confirmed. But while I was watching it, I'm like, I'm going to have a hard time believing that none of this isn't actually happening. And it's like, a, oh, oh yeah. it was all just craziness, you know? Right. Like, there's mold in the attic that makes women lose their minds. Because they even talk about the previous tenant, like, going insane, right? Right, right. But the question, yeah, mm. it's, yeah. And that's why I feel like you know who the baddies are. You know the baddies are, like, everybody, pretty much. You, there might be a few people mm. that you're like... Um, maybe not. Maybe this guy's misunderstanding or something, but pretty much everyone's in on it. And it's, but the question is, what is it? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what yeah. are they on? Is it because she, even for most of the movie, like once she starts figuring it out, she's like, oh, they want my baby so that they can use it in some sort of ritual or whatever mm-hmm. and, and live forever or something. Um, but no, it's that her baby's Satan. <laughs> yeah. And they want Satan baby to be alive. Yes, that's that's exactly it. And it's just, it's so, it's definitely, it's not a feel-good movie for sure. Yeah. It's a good movie, but not like, um, oh, you know, let's crack open a cold one and watch Rosemary's Baby. Chillax, watch a funny flick uh-huh. like Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's so depressing seeing like Rosemary start to like just continue to look worse and worse um while her husband guy is like suddenly getting this success like oh this dude went blind so i got the part weird right, and, and he feels like bad mm-hmm. about it and he feels like unnaturally bad about it at first and mm-hmm. it's because he's the one that made him <laughs> blind yes with witchcraft mm-hmm. yeah and um i i think it's great that they answer pretty much like all of the questions mm-hmm. that ends up being uh brought up which i think again is very yeah well done so good and a lot of it is so Mm. subtle like the closet thing where they just are like okay let's move this thing and then they show you the closet she like digs all through it and they're like oh it's a closet you know uh and it's not till later that it's like well there's something behind it you know yes um and they don't they don't bring it up all the time it's the same thing with like um they just there's one little comment where it just peaks like after that first dinner with the neighbors she was like why didn't they have pictures on the wall? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, what are you talking about? I didn't notice. And he's like, well, there's hooks everywhere, but there's no pictures. Like, they took them down, and it's just like, whatever. And that's not even really, even at the end when you find out why, they don't. there's not a line about it. There's not anything. It's just she walks in the room, and she kind of sees the portrait of Stephen whatever, which is like who the, the – the, wait no her his name's steven whatever her, whatever his, his father is the old guy's yes. dad that's like apparently mm-hmm. the bad witch dude or whatever it's like a big painted portrait of him and of course they took that down and all the other family pictures that would connect him, them to a, a family of witchcraft wackos but yes for sure definitely makes sense that they hide in and again i do 
like how they added that bit. I feel yeah. like they take their time to add these uh, bits, which I think... Some natural little line that they tossed in as they're walking back to their apartment and like making fun of the steak and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's it's uh, insane. By the way, um, the uh, Roman uh, Castavet there is an anagram for Stephen uh, Marcato mm-hmm. there, um, which... I will say that was, I really love the way they played out that scene there. Cause again, Hutch is kind of the foil to the antagonist there. Mm-hmm. And so not only is it good emotionally that she feels like she has somebody, but again, he also brings stuff to the table. It's like whenever they're talking about like, you know, um, stuff she's drinking. Cause of course, Minnie's coming around giving her like pregnancy smoothies, you know, like, Oh, it'll mm-hmm. help the baby there. And then that good luck charm there. Uh, whenever she mentions, like, I can't remember what herb they mentioned. Or something root. root. It's like tar- tannin root or something. E- yes. Root. And whenever uh, Hutch smells it, he's like, that doesn't smell right. He's like, that, no, that smells more like mold. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, That's not a root. And um, pretty much, and of course, whenever he starts getting suspicious, the thing I'm curious about is, like, how a uh, guy, whenever he encounters Hutch and... Um, rosemary having that lunch that he knew that he would be a threat yeah well Mm -hmm. they i think i can't remember what rosemary says but um yeah he gets a weird like they they were talking and i think there's some line that kind of peaked his thing which is why he he pulled that glove took a glove from him um so that he could use it to kill him later or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, because you need an object from the other person to cast a curse or whatever and then yeah whenever if anything he knew something was up whenever he called and uh gave the phone to rosemary and he's like he needs to meet with me he's like what about i don't know he wouldn't say it It has to be tomorrow or seemed urgent or something he's like "Mm, he knows yeah yeah i I, I can't remember what it was but i think she mentioned specifically he's like yeah i told him about the smoothies and stuff and he seemed concerned or something it was some Mm -hmm. line like that yeah "Mm." some line and so i'm sure he's like okay i gotta take care of it there but i love that he got mm -hmm. put in a coma and then died because that's what you hear happen to the lady of the apartment that they mentioned like the apartment oh, that they're no, taking Oh no, I didn't over. even realize. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, they were like, yeah, because you remember, she's like, oh yeah, because she's like, she did she die here? And he was like, no, she's been in the hospital with a coma for like three months or whatever. And then she woke up and then she died. And it was like, that's exactly what happened to this guy. Oh, but, but they and... don't tell you, they don't beat you over the head with it. They're just like, you know. Oh, and there was that note at the beginning. What did that note say? It. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. I was like, oh, that's probably like I'm be not happy with the person I've become, or something like that. It's. It was one line. It was like five words or something. I can no longer associate myself. Mm. That's that's what the note said. I can no longer associate myself. Yeah, definitely makes me uh, curious how that plays. Again, I feel like there is like some stuff to watch in this film that rewards us second rewatch there that you're mm-hmm. able to piece together more and more but that's so funny i never put the two two together there in a coma yeah i, I um, can't figure out exactly mm-hmm. why the mm-hmm. neighbors wanted her gone mm-hmm. why they wanted her elderly neighbor gone but yeah maybe she found out something that they they didn't mm-hmm. but she did say that they that she grew all these herbs and then these herbs are like and they would give them to her neighbors or whatever and then the whole herb garden was in her neighbors so i wonder if she was growing the root or whatever i don't know oh yeah i bet i bet she was there i'm curious if they say at the beginning there so mm-hmm. have to go back and rewatch that but um yeah i feel like hutch is doing all this but manages during the coma whenever rosemary att- tri- goes to attend the funeral there after mm-hmm. she gets the news that he died 
that he left a book there, mm -hmm. which is a book about uh, witches there. Now, I'm curious, because you said he was like an Arthur friend, how he's able to make this connection mm -hmm. there. But I guess it's because he meets um, Roman mm -hmm. there, and he mentions specifically, like, you know, he had very piercing eyes, very distinguished individual so maybe he did like research and found out which mm -hmm. is why he said like rearrange the name mm -hmm. and so the reason why i thought that was going to be a bigger thing is like okay is this like some sort of thing where like the baby is going to be the new body since he's like elderly you know 79 finding a new host that was yeah. what i thought and I, he was I, actually I, his dad i thought because they mentioned like a baby being eaten or whatever like people being eaten and then mm -hmm. they found the baby in the bottom of the thing yes i thought it was gonna be like something where it just keeps them young not like not replacing yeah. the body but like they all eat the baby or whatever oh yeah um definitely uh would have also been disturbing mm -hmm. um definitely so but i love the fact that the Scrabble board game, like, mm -hmm. they were playing it nonchalantly, like, earlier in the film, and I never questioned it once, because I'm like, yeah, they're playing Scrabble. Right. But, like, the fact they used that to establish that they do have Scrabble board, I mean, that's, like, just smart and brilliant, I feel like. Yeah, it's just, like, one of those things that you didn't have to do that, but it makes it so much more rewarding later on when she whips out the Scrabble board and starts trying to rearrange mm -hmm. the letters for the anagram. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a great scene and great uh, usage of all that but i feel like with hutch's death it also just kind of symbolizes that she's now alone because everybody is against her because the doctor's telling her you're over exaggerating you're fine mm -hmm. and like everybody is just trying to dismiss everything she's going through and i i i think it's such an interesting choice that uh at towards the beginning of her pregnancy she decides to cut all her hair off there yeah. And immediately everybody's like disgusted by it mm -hmm. and hates it there. Um, makes me curious on what your thoughts were about like why character wise or whatever they would decide to cut their hair off super short like that. Yeah, she keeps on telling people like, oh, it's in fashion or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like she's like, I feel like A, it's probably symbolizing like a big change in her life. Like, and, and it shows how other people treat her. Like her husband's disgusted at her and like says mm -hmm. she's hideous. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of a weird thing for the loving husband that was so excited to have a baby, you know, a second ago to say. Mm -hmm. But then I also think it just, it kind of symbolizes a trauma response. You know, you think Britney shaving her head. You think, you know, a lot of you know, women that go through major traumas, like, I don't know, being raped by a pack of old people or, <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or for <laughs> have Satan's baby. Mm -hmm. um, she, I mean, I think she knew internally something was wrong and, like, shaved her hair like that or got, mm -hmm. it, got it cut super short like that as like a yeah. trauma response but yeah which that's not even a criticism that's just a genuine question mm -hmm. <laughs> like just to put it out there i think it's great but it's like also like so depressing because she genuinely i don't i don't know if it's just because of makeup or whatever mm -hmm. she just looks worse throughout the film right. there obviously some of it's eye makeup making it like her eyes look baggy but like mm -hmm. even her frame she she was already she's pretty so skinny, skinny at the beginning but yeah. she just looks like just sickly she's lost weight yeah and it, mm -hmm. it's one of those things that gives hutch like an immediate like this guy's whack whenever mm -hmm. her whenever uh what's his name comes in old steven uh yeah, yeah or roman yeah roman roman mm -hmm. steven um he comes in and he's like yeah it's very normal for women to lose weight yeah uh, in the first part of the pregnancy she'll gain it all back later like parroting the exact thing that rosemary said and he's like mm -hmm. oh this guy's feeding her 
bullshit. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and all of her friends are like, she's supposed to be like three months pregnant in that scene because she was talking about, at least because she's talking about how she's been experiencing this pain for three months and you, there's no mm-hmm. baby bump, no nothing. And the women are, all the women are just like, oh my God, like, are you okay? Yeah. They're trying to, like, some of them are nice about it. Like, you mm-hmm. look like you haven't slept in a while. And others are just like, you look awful. Like, yeah. is something wrong? I just felt like that was also another important scene because I feel like too many times with films like this, they're all, they're too quickly trying to throw her towards, like, the deep end of the pool there. Right. But, like, showing that, you know, she did have friends and people that cared about her, but mm-hmm. it's, like, pretty much, of course, you know, after she has the other friends over, like, the husband's, like, having none of it there and starts having more control, mm-hmm. you know, through him and the neighbors as well there. Mm-hmm. Um, just the whole dadgum cult there, essentially. Uh, just making sure everything goes as planned. And I really like how much initiative she takes of, you know, trying to figure this out. Like, once she figures out the book thing, even though uh, he dismisses it and then even throws a book away because he's like, ah, you don't need that garbage there. Right. That she decides, no, I'm going out to, you know, the bookstore to figure this out there. I'm done with this. And just finding out all the information. And again, I think it's such like a... It, it's such a good use of uh, the plot to have her go out and do these things there, especially whenever it comes to like looking up and saying like, oh, if you're, you know, some people could be paralyzed, you know, sickened and all this stuff there by stealing like an article of their clothing or something that belongs mm-hmm. to them. It's and just, again, it's blinded specifically and that kind of gives her mm-hmm. like, I'm going to call this guy. Yeah. And whenever they call the uh, actor who lost a part, who gave it to guy, he just bitches like, Oh yeah, I forgot my tie over there. I need to grab it sometime. Yeah. She asked him, she was like, did you leave mm-hmm. something of yours? And he, he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Oh yeah, we traded ties. It doesn't matter. You know? And he's, he's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I have to go now. Yeah, doing all that stuff. And so it's boiling up to a point and you get to uh, the point where she's like, I'm not seeing, you know, Dr. Uh, Saberstein there. I'm going to see my old doctor because he's going to be honest with me. Right. That's who I saw at the beginning of this whole thing before well, this mess started. She does initially go to Dr. Saberstein or whatever. And then the receptionist mm. is like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, how can I forget that? Right. Oh. She's like, oh, I'm glad you... You know, she's like, what's that smell? Something else? She's like, oh, it's a big change from your usual smell. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, the, you know, oh yeah, the charm I used to wear. It's this smell. And the receptionist is like, yeah, if only we can get Dr. Saberstein to like ditch his or whatever. And he's like, oh, I don't think he has a good luck charm. It's just his aftershave or something. What's the same smell? And it kind of clicks in her head that like, oh God, he's in it on it too. Like, of course mm-hmm. he's in on it. Yeah, because there's already hints that possibly he's in but that kind of just seals the deal mm-hmm. a bit because before it's just kind of like no he's the best doctor in the city there you know you need right. to keep seeing him everybody is like saying you need to go see him he knows what's best mm-hmm. uh so i think yeah that's a solid bullet point there and so whenever she does choose to avoid that um again i think it's like a good great moment that mm-hmm. adds and whenever she's going to visit uh, dr hill and is having to word vomit all of this exposition yeah, of finding the, out everything that's happened in the last nine months yeah. just like hey i know this might sound crazy but here's a bunch of crazy shit um because like that that's an interesting thing about it is like they do sprinkle in some like scenes that's definitely like ooh, about like uh her uh dietary choices there whether mm-hmm. it's like taking a steak flipping it over on the stove for like one second on each side and then eating it just 
bloody raw practically mm-hmm. or eating the insides of a chicken she's like eating the chicken yeah. heart or something just yeah it's just it gets worse and worse as the film goes mm-hmm. on yeah it's like stuff like that but then as she's having the exposition dump on uh dr hill and he's just very quiet mm-hmm. and you believe that he would be very quiet because it's a lot to take in right and instead of immediately dismissing it he's like oh you know you just rest here you know we'll we'll get you set up and then what I'm guessing is is the fact that he's in cahoots with them as well. Possibly, I, I don't know. It's so I didn't think open ended. I think he just was like this woman's crazy and was like, okay, she's obviously telling me crazy things. She's in hysterics, and I'm gonna call her husband to go pick her up and the doctor that she's with now. Cause okay. You mean when she mentions the doctor, she was like, you would you would never think, and he was like, no, I would never or whatever. And so you can kind of mm. tell he's like, that's a really reputable doctor. So I think she's just crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if she thinks that this doctor's in on it, mm-hmm. her husband's in on it, her neighbors are in on it, okay. like, uh, and they're all witches. Like, he's like, mm. he's never mm-hmm. like, he's never mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I don't believe you, but he's like, yeah, I don't believe in witchcraft, but mm-hmm. um, no, you could be, yeah, uh, in danger. Let me just just chill here for a bit. And, mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't even think he's in on it per se. I think he was just like. Yeah, this, this bitch crazy. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think um, I, I could totally see that, and I think you're probably right there. See, he's not in the mm-hmm. end scene either whenever they're like, but the doctor is. That Dr. is true. Anderson's in the end scene, but like Dr. Hill or whatever is not. Ah, okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense there. And so with that in mind, since it is kind of confirmed he wasn't in cahoots, that's another thing I will applaud this film is the fact that her conclusion makes sense mm-hmm. given all the pieces. Is it crazy and outlandish? Yes, absolutely for mm-hmm. certain. Um, and she even like reads that, you know, there's like, you know, the devil's mushroom or whatever, which is like a fungus or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, so she's able to confirm all this stuff. You believe her explanation, but you also believe Dr. Hill's response of like, yeah, this is just insane. Right. Cause again, literally zero idea been missing for a while there mm-hmm. just suddenly comes back and starts spouting off this stuff because that's the thing i hate is whenever like a character makes a sound argument and the person's like Psh, whatever you know like dumb. completely mm-hmm. dismisses it this is like the perfect believability of the characters making a what is a rational logic and talking about it but to the average joe sounds like irrational babble right and so i think that's definitely done well um it's it's also like very i don't know what it is it's like it was another disturbing scene whenever she runs back to the apartment and oh my gosh i just understood how they got into the apartment that's mm-hmm. different but mm-hmm. I, I i'm having these like aha uh-huh, moments yes. throughout As the entire talk mm-hmm. we're doing but um whenever rosemary tries to lock uh them out of the apartment saying like no i'm you know go away i'm not dealing with you guys anymore you know once she's just kind of like i need to get away from y'all i will i will say her method of getting away is kind of funny Mm -hmm. because i mean they do make a point to show that yes she has a lot of money and change on her there Mm -hmm. but just spilling her purse and then both guy and the doctor are like oh let me get that it's like i i'm i'm on a weird place that Yes, I would believe they would do that and everything, mm-hmm. but just how nonchalantly they're like, ah, pregnant women, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Dropping stuff all the time. Um, but, it, I mean, again, that's like very nitpicky, like mm-hmm. doing that, but it is just a funny moment. 
I feel like it's a perfectly acceptable device to move the plot along. But yeah. the one thing I will say that was really disturbing is whenever everybody is able to sneak back into the apartment there. And you just see like a couple like people mm-hmm. walk by. Into the doorway. That was just like just silly because mm-hmm. the way they're just like tiptoeing like a Scooby Doo character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing I found disturbing is like you know at first they're trying to like calm her down, but then they're like all grappling her and everything, mm-hmm. and then the doctor's feeling around so much like oh, I believe it's time or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it, it, it didn't even show anything like graphically horrific or anything, but just the whole emotional feeling of the scene. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like this. Yeah, it makes me wonder mm-hmm. if, I mean, it could have just been time because she was really close to her due date. She said it was on Tuesday or whatever. I'm not sure what day of the week it was, but um, yeah, they like inject her with something that they say is just a mild sedative. And she does pass out afterwards, but I wonder if they were, like, inducing labor. You know what I mean? Like, to, like yeah. let's get this baby out now while she's not trying to kill us or herself. Mm, yeah, and it's it's just a whole roller coaster. Even whenever she wakes up and finds out she had the baby there and, you know, the husband is being, like, very quiet about it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's it's a boy, you know. And that's all he's, he, or he's saying it was a boy. Or mm-hmm. He's very, like, vague about it. Well, that part seemed mm-hmm. like a dream or whatever, because then she, like, falls back asleep and then wakes up and opens oh. her eyes. And then it's that lady there instead. And she's like, where's the baby? And she's just like, let me get the doctor for you. <laughs> oh, that's a good observation. That's now I tell you what, that's a good observation right there, Aaron. That's what I think. I mean, But mm-hmm. it definitely could have been that, you know, she did wake up and talk to him and then fell asleep and then mm-hmm. woke back up again. But... But whenever it's them also announcing that the you know the baby didn't make it or mm-hmm. whatever, that's also still pretty horrifying. Like that's horrifying yeah. enough there to where it's just like a miscarriage is already like a terrible thing there, but already with the context blowing up, mm-hmm. and then freaking guy over here is like, ah, we'll try again later in a few months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just it's just so uncharacteristically asshole-ish of just right. It, you could tell he does mm-hmm. not have any empathy for the process of pregnancy mm-hmm. or whatever, which we as the viewer have been witnessing mm-hmm. her, you know, struggle with for nine months. And he's just like, eh, you know, what, what's the difference? It's one, one baby down, whatever, uh-huh. nine months, you know, we'll yeah. do it again. Yeah, and it's like I argue that I believe someone could believe that, but also for me it just seems kind of yeah. outlandish. Um, but insane. then, yeah. like, because, yeah, that that's it. And obviously you know the reason – context wise is you know he knows that the baby is actually alive and is trying to reassure her you know trying to keep it calm or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i do i do love that whenever it comes to uh them taking care of them they still want to get the uh breast milk out and then like as soon as she dips the spoon and she's like oh don't don't do that it's like Mm -hmm. i thought you're throwing it out it's like uh, it's not safe. Or... It's just messy. Yeah. Yeah. Doing that. Um, it's. She's. I mean, she's mm-hmm. clever. Like you mm-hmm. can tell. You know, she, she, as soon as they're like the baby didn't make it, she's like bullshit. Like you took yeah. it. You know. Um, yeah. But, especially hearing the baby cry. Right, and then she hears the baby cry later, and that I think that's why she tests her little breast milk thing by putting the spoon in it. Because mm-hmm. she asks, "What do you do with it anyway?" She's like, "I just throw it out." And then she puts the spoon in it to, to be like. Are you really throwing it out? Yeah, like call the bluff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. I really feel like everything they do, like, is super well placed, especially, like, whenever it comes to her refusing to take the medication and the pills they're giving Mm -hmm. her and, like, stuffing it perfectly in the crack Mm -hmm. of the bed frame there. Um, And I do like how 
basically, you know, everybody is gone. We know the reason why, because they think again, like, ah, she's out of it. You know, mm-hmm. she's not going to do anything. She's, she's been taking her meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so whenever she finally has just kind of had enough uh, and decides, because how does she decide to go to the closet there? Was it just like something like. I think she just, just mm. instinct, I guess. I don't think she has like a reason mm-hmm. or she doesn't vocalize one. She just goes straight yeah, there. Putting the pieces together of, okay, She's like, maybe there's a reason the dresser was here. Right. The mm-hmm. reason the dresser was there and also like that she knows that side faces their residence or whatever Mm -hmm. they share a wall Mm -hmm. but i love how she goes about it because she's like fully prepared you know she's like checking she's looking she's like okay there's a hallway running to the kitchen grabbing a knife to get ready for whatever happens next Mm -hmm. and then um the question is like i'm curious on how she got in like unless the door was just already unlocked because they're like no one's going to check through the here Mm -hmm. at all um but yeah that whole as soon as you get to like the hallway there it just they did a good job of somehow making it feel like you're in hell without mm-hmm. making it explicitly cartoonishly hellish right there because it shows the painting of like the burning church there mm-hmm. and like this different art throughout the gallery there and then <laughs> they uh walk over to the room where they're seeing everyone you know have a party there and then they like turn around to realize uh oh mm-hmm. they she found out that we're a cult mm-hmm. oh no um which i i say that in jest or whatever obviously it's like a real suspenseful scene and the way that's done and uh the way they try to talk her down is interesting because i thought she was just going to start hacking and slashing i thought she was going to stab someone yeah or like yeah. stab herself or something mm-hmm. yeah something like that but Kill surprisingly yeah she surprisingly doesn't do any of that but that's like <laughs> Around this point, you know, um, the man who's playing Roman, the elderly person, Mm -hmm. you know, just is like, all right, beans out. Let me just spill it out for Mm you. You know, you gave your Satan's uh, kiddo's mom. Mm -hmm. How about that? Adrian, Adrian. you know, and doing that. And then he's like going full, you know, satanic, you know, like, hail Satan. Satan. Yeah, which is weird to see. It's it was very like I can tell this is a book adaptation. I'm like this is how the book would end for sure. And like yeah. <laughs> the movies, especially modern mm-hmm. movies, I feel like they're just like okay and action scene. You know, some cars explode. Yeah, that's the end. That's how you end a movie. But mm-hmm. this is a very it's a very literary ending where it's like they've been sprinkling in these little magical realism things, and then at mm-hmm. the end they're just like, yep, room full of people saying hail Satan. Very like eyes wide shut. Very just like just like here's a really jarring thing that's like within the realm of possibility but like now that we're at the end of the movie we can just mask off you know yeah especially because like throughout the 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 whole film it's surprisingly fairly like i i wouldn't say mundane but it just is not like it's such a stark contrast to the ending there but i also believe it which i feel yeah yeah that's yeah that's the the term magical realism yeah it's, Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, it's still realistic. This is a, this you can imagine mm. this happening in real day life. This isn't Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah. You know? This is like okay, this might be happening in some apartment in Manhattan. Is these people believe that they're making Satan or whatever? And then the little dash of magic is like, yep, that's actually Satan's baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like he's got crazy little lizard eyes, and that's Satan's baby. Yeah, I 
I think that hits it uh, right on the head whenever it comes to that. Um, but I feel like it's so interesting because, again, uh, I mean, I guess to their eyes, they're just like, um, they surprisingly don't try to restrain her or do anything. Granted, she has a knife, so I'm sure they don't want to approach her either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever she, like, decides to... Uh, I, I I guess she drops a knife before visiting the baby, correct? There? Yeah, she's like shocked by something mm-hmm. and she just drops it into the floor. Yeah. And well, then I think she has it when she's originally looking at the baby for the first time. Okay, that's what it was. She but just catches his eyes and horrified. she's like horrified. She drops the knife or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot was going on for us to process during <laughs> that point. But yeah, like just having a straight up demonic baby, which they don't really show. They only show like a vignette, like mm-hmm. overlaying the current scene of like the piercing eyes, which I think good move on their part there. Mm-hmm. Just makes it a lot more horrifying. Like, yeah, you know, especially since the special effects weren't like amazing. Mm-hmm. Even even the sexual soul scene with the devil, I was like, is that? I thought it was like maybe the old guy in a costume. But... Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> but it was supposed not to the be greatest, the but yes, definitely Satan. And so, um, you know, she's horrified that basically she's had Satan's baby in her stomach the past nine months there. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever she drops a knife, you know, Minnie's like, you know, casually picking up like, oh, yeah, we have people come in here with knives all the time. (laughs) Scrubs the buff out the floor. You know, and it all like all Rosemary could do is just collapse into the chair. She's like taking this all in, which Mm -hmm. is a lot to take in. Like, obviously, she was leading. She had the clues and everything. It's just the final answer, which, again, I'm very surprised we got because I don't know if you felt this way. I thought it was going to be one of those ambiguous things where, like, she kills herself or something with the baby and you never know, mm-hmm. like, whether she was crazy or she was actually pregnant with Satan's child. And I got to be honest, I'm glad there's a definitive answer. <laughs> right. She, yeah, she kind of stands and you, there is a little bit of mystery because it's obviously like, okay, what happens next with Satan's baby and her and this weird cult mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's like, yeah, it's like an acceptable level of having a neat bow tied to it. Yes. Yeah, it's like she her motherly instincts take over. She's been trying for this baby so long, and she's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll raise this weird little Satan baby. Yeah, it's such a weird scene. Um, But I do, I I feel like this is such, like, a good moment here. It's like, um, Guy, whenever he sees that she has found out, you could tell he's horribly embarrassed. Like mm-hmm. he, he does have a bit of remorse, which I like. If it wasn't for the fact he was so asshole-ish throughout the majority of the film, like right. literally, even whenever he came to hit her friends that came over, he was like, "These bitches, yeah. these bitches," and I'm like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, because he doesn't want to be mm-hmm. found out. He wants the blood yeah. to go nice and smooth, and for her to have the baby, and oh no, we lost it, and then it'd be sympathetic, and mm-hmm. then they have, you know, their actual family full of three babies, and let the Satan people have their weird little Satan baby. Yeah. And he has his great career now. That's That was, that was what he mm-hmm. wanted, and every step of the way it gets ruined, and he gets mad, and he's he just tries to rationalize it. I mean, even in that scene where he's, like, sympathetic a little bit because he's embarrassed, he's also a giant dick because he's like... Yes. It's, it'd be the same thing as if you lost the baby in the pregnancy, right? It's like the same thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> so bad. Like, I feel like, again, they're they're just making this big asshole of a character there. And mm-hmm. they, they succeed, boy howdy there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just one of those things, like, just hearing him say that, I'm just like, oh, that just, oof. But that's, like, just kind of the weird thing is, again, whenever she does decide to approach a baby... And it seems like she's, like, just kind of fond of Satan's child Mm -hmm. there. Um, It just, it does raise the question of, 
what next right there which um i i mean that seems to be open-ended if mm. i'm not mistaken there um but yeah I'm, I'm with you i definitely thought she was gonna grab the baby and jump out the window that's what <laughs> i thought too i thought she that's what she was going to do which uh again maybe that's like the ending that like oh the good and he took out you know the spawn of satan there mm -hmm. but at the same point he'd probably just not the ending the story was trying to be there mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean overall i feel like i am perfectly a-okay with the way the film ended uh, despite yeah. how dark it was there but it is kind of i mean it's definitely depressing just to be like okay she's at this point where she's like well it's my child i'm like going to take care she's of it lost everything and she's a prisoner to these people anyways so just like the stockholm syndrome takes over and she's just like yeah <sighs> even talking about it's just my baby it's like that just deeply kind of disturbing uh uh horror there not even mm -hmm. it's just like the whole like just, emotional horror yeah. i think that's kind of like the best way to describe that this is emotional mm -hmm. yeah. doing that but um yeah it's it's crazy, dog. It's real crazy there. Shit's wacky. Yeah. Um. Anything else you want to talk about with Rosemary's Baby? I feel like we hit a lot of the big main bullet points there, but there's a lot to take away from yeah. this film. No, I mean, this is definitely one of those ones where you could just talk about little details for days, but mm -hmm. I'll save it. I'm just going to be going home wondering what they were doing sneaking into that poor old woman's apartment that caused her to drag that... <laughs> that, uh, that thing in front or did they or did they just drag it in front after they were done casting the spell on her did the neighbors drag it to the big furniture in front i don't know who did it yes who done it in dd who done it in dd um okay so with that in mind i feel like um we're just going to keep moving on to the uh, next film we're going to be uh, watching. One. Yes, yes, yes. So this film is going to jump up all little, like barely over 50 years later. Whoa. So we're jumping to the magical year of 2019 here. Wow. This film is also going to be kind of in a similar vein as uh, this one, I would imagine Ooh, there. Okay. Um, and it one of the biggest draws of it is it has a lot of flowers. Flowers. A lot of flowers, you know. I was thinking April showers bring May flowers sort of thing Ooh. there. So it's a very bright and colorful film hmm. that we're going to be watching here. And um, it's because it's almost uh, towards the middle of summer midsummer yes that, that was my um very poor man's way of getting to uh that uh, transition I, there i was thinking that film in my head i could not remember the title so i'm glad you said that because i was yeah. like I'm sure it's this yeah. one it's one of those things that um i'm you know i was like should we jump to another kind of uh more thriller-esque sort of mm. horror there yeah sure why not sounds fine so nope. uh yes thank you all so much for listening to this episode and we'll see y'all again next time when we're popping the scary with uh midsummer 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 this is yes midsummer summer sod it Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube, CastBox, or iTunes platforms to stay up to date when new episodes drop. To see what Aaron and I are up to, check out our respective Twitter accounts. For me, it is at ColkirkVA, and for Aaron, it is at AnimalGameDev. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. We'll speak to you all again next time when we're popping the scary. <laughs>